0: Welcome to
1: the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but...
0: Exactly. We go there because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview
1: the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%. Okay, let's go there. So we have a really special episode today, and we don't often just chat Lexi and I, but there is some big news that Lexi in particular has been really wanting to share. So we're just going to cut right to the chase. Lexi, what's your announcement?
0: Yeah, so I'm um, expecting in April, a, well, not April. April, (laughs) April, I have baby (laughs) brain. Oh my That's gosh, March. imagine it was April, No, I can't, that would be bad. Okay, redo, August, I'm expecting, I'm nervous, um, I'm expecting twins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so let's, just for context, first of all, I already knew this, but congratulations! Um, so Lexi is a badass lady who has already got two children, and you know, they were going for the third And surprise, now you're going to have four children under the age of four. (laughs) Yeah, major, like,
0: and the biggest surprise, the biggest surprise, like the shock factor is real. We're obviously incredibly grateful, have overcome the initial shock. Um, There are no twins in our family whatsoever. Um, And we were fortunate. We conceived naturally and uh, just...
1: BAMO two. BAMO. <laughs> <laughs> the eggs were busy that month. She was like popping fireworks and your her your ovaries there. That month was a busy one. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Just so exciting and so happy for you and so just like interested to discuss now the fact that you've already had two children. Okay. And our our two kids are the same age, right? And you've gone through those experiences and now how you've been mentioning to me, it's different being pregnant with twins and people's reactions are different when you tell them you're expecting twins. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So the exciting part of the reactions is like, and Nikki, Nikki, you were like this too. All of my close friends are literally, they kind of scream, they laugh they're like, oh my gosh, I'm sweating and I'm like have goosebumps (laughs) and I'm freezing at the same time. I need to sit down. Holy shit. Like it's just like the overwhelming amount of emotions coming out of them is pretty epic because we, Adam and I were on the fence about a third. Like we were, we're both thirds and we kind of always knew that we wanted to go for three, but you, you know, things were getting to a really good place. Piper and Clark are, like, playing super nice together finally. And you don't have to watch them and worry they're going to, like, kill themselves, like, every two minutes. So it was getting, like, to that nice part. But we were like, no, you know what? We, we really want to. We want to go for it and have a third. And a lot of my friends didn't even know that we were had already decided that. And so they were already like, whoa, you're having a third. Oh, no, wait a second. This is Twins. So that part has been amazing. Like the telling people is is very, very entertaining and um, does not get old, it's it's hilarious. Um, the However, then there's like, so the initial reaction and then it's like a holy shit, like you're gonna have four kids under four, how are you gonna manage this? You have your own business, oh my God, this is so much. And like, oh wow, like, oh no kind of thing, <laughs> like the terror of thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, we're just going to completely drown um, sets in, I guess. Uh, and a lot of people who know, know us know, like, we juggle a lot and, and mm-hmm. we will absolutely be able to figure this out. It's going to be a, you know, mayhem a lot of the time, but we'll get there. I think it's just interesting, the difference in reactions around a number of different things. So like being able to manage a family of that size, first of all, and then it moves into the second part, which is the whole process of like actually having twins, Mm -hmm. like how big Mm -hmm. you're going to get the actually the delivery experience and a lot of the, um, I guess, stereotypes around twins and delivery and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot of, we were talking before we started recording, you know, a lot of people out of seat, like even you were saying you are you had a night nurse, you're kind of, it's good, smart that you're lining up some help. And it's, I'm so happy that you've got that ability to line that up because it's going to be really crucial if you're running a big business, whatever, don't get maternity leave. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but yes, um, you know, people saying, oh, well, you're going to obviously deliver by cesarean and that'll be scheduled and you're going to be in the OR dah, dah, dah. and you're kind of like, well, I've had... Two really awesome unmedicated vaginal deliveries before with zero risks. Like, is it possible that, you know, a vaginal delivery could be on the table? And the answer is yeah, it's going to depend on a variety of factors. It isn't just an automatic cesarean. And, you know, people don't necessarily know that. So it's, it's also like, right. Like how much weight have you gained? Oh my God, you're so big or blah, blah, blah. Your face, you're just nodding right now.
0: (laughs) all the things, like
1: all of the things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking too about how it's often people projecting, you know, and, you know, if they struggled in any way, it's common that they would then want to project that, not even, you know, in an, sort of malicious way, but it just happens. Like I gave the example of something I need to be mindful of is like, you know, I've got my friends now, we're we're getting into our forties and I've got a friend who's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, she hasn't had kids yet. She's like, I'm still thinking like, I'm going to meet the guy and I really want to have kids of my own. And, you know, and I have to be mindful not to like project my experiences with having challenges conceiving onto her. Cause who who knows, maybe it'll be easy, you know, even though it wasn't for us, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be hard for her. And same thing with, you know, someone else who had maybe a really rough, you know, postpartum experience, like your experiences, you know, they're potentially like going to try to, I don't know, prepare you by sharing their horror story, but then it doesn't actually land like that, does it?
0: Yeah. And I'm exactly. And I, and I know it probably comes from like a really good place of, of like you said, preparing you and all of that. I'm just the, especially like the type of person who I'm going to put my mindset on. Here's what I see as being like what I believe my laboring experience can be. Mm-hmm. I also very much believe like, however it happens, um, is going to be, you know, meant to be for me and that I'll grow from that experience as well. And we fortunately being exposed to like all of the people we have on this, I get to see, And hear so many stories and then how women have grown from their experiences, you know, whether they're traumatic experiences, unfortunately, or really amazing, empowering, laboring experiences. But coming from a place where I fortunately, you know, similar to you, Nikki, had two really empowering laboring experiences with Piper and Clark and went into those feeling that that was, you know, what I wanted and, and set myself up as well as I could expecting that, Things might not go as planned. Um, but hoping for the best. And I really just want that positive vibes going into this. And so just listening to stories and, I guess the stereotypes, especially around having twins and them being higher risk. and um, you know, often they'll say, like, if you make it to thirty eight weeks because, you know, my, uh, I have a midwife and a benefit of having a midwife and an OB with twins and the OB will induce me at 38 weeks. And that's, you know, something that I'm prepared for, but it, but I get the comments of like, well, yeah, if you make it to 38 weeks, like it could be, you could deliver in June, you could deliver in July, you could deliver in August. And I'm like, well, I'm set on, I'm going to make it to 38 weeks. And that's what my plan is, you know? And I, I just think it's really important to give Be understanding and appreciative of um, people wanting to create their vision and story of what they believe their laboring experience can be um, and give them the space to educate themselves around it. Because I went to my midwife and asked her, I said, wait, I'm getting all of this, like, I'm going to have to have a C-section is that the case? And she's like, absolutely not. Like it depends on so many factors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but based off of, if I just look on paper, your experience to date, you're very, very high candidate for a vaginal delivery with these twins.
1: So that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, there's a lot. There's a lot. And and I think it's, it's funny. Like, I don't know. Funny is not the right word, but yeah, there's a lot to unpack with the way that we tend to Project our experiences onto pregnant women. And then there's this whole conversation of pregnant women being like almost like a community property where it's like, oh, well, we're going to, you know, keep you safe. And you don't, know, you know, it's almost like infantilizing women in some capacity. And I'm getting a little bit off tra- track here potentially, but I still think it's relevant. You know, it's the whole like, oh, you're so cute or, you know, and, and people might assume that it's your first. Too. Like, we're talking people who don't know you well and be like, oh, just you wait. Like, those kind of comments, right? Like, you don't have any idea what you're in for, little girl. And you're just like, oh my God. You know, like oh, I know. Fist in mouth. <laughs> oh, I know. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's just there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's just so many uh, judgments. And we were talking about like, and Nikki just perfectly timed posted today a reel that's amazing. <laughs> and it's all the like things people say and like the preconceived notions. And it's like, oh, your belly, it's so big. It's so small. Like uh, just all the judgments that are thrown um, during when you're pregnant, but also postpartum when you have kids.
1: Yeah. No, it's funny. And, and it's funny how it, like you would never ever say a comment, an, un, an unsolicited comment to a woman about their body shape outside of pregnancy and early postpartum. But in particular pregnancy, it's like all of a sudden you're pregnant and you're community property, so you you can have your belly rubbed unsolicited. You can have someone comment and say, oh, how many you got in there? How much weight have you gained? And it's like, you would never say that to someone who wasn't pregnant, you get a smack in the face. But if you're pregnant, it's like, it's on the table. Right? Like, culturally, we, we do that to women who are pregnant. Totally. totally. And, like,
0: let's be real. I'm a, a lot larger right now than I was with, obviously, <laughs> each of my other kids. So, like, there is a full belly. And it's only – I just said, Nikki, I was like, I don't know how big this thing's going to get. But, like, it's just going to keep growing. So,
1: Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's funny. I remember being at a gas station when I was pregnant. This is, like, classic. In the winter – It was just starting to become spring, so like I had been wearing a coat all winter because both my kids were born April and May, right? So here in Toronto, you're wearing a coat at least until April, right? So like it's been hidden, my bump had been hidden, like my big bump, and all of a sudden it's like you know probably like I don't know mid April, like I'm getting close to that May due date. I'm pumping my own gas, and this guy is just like, "Hello," (laughs) comes over to me. I'm at the pump in my gas, and he's like is it a boy or a girl, you know? And I was like, it's a boy. And he's like, God bless you. <laughs> is it this whole like God bless you thing. And it was genuine, but it was just very like, <laughs> man, I have not been getting out much. Like it was just just a funny moment where, and I almost felt like if I had told him it was a girl, he would have been like, okay. Like, I think he was so pumped that it was a boy. <laughs> like he was so pumped. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I mean, as you said, just default to glowing.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't be like how you're, you know, you even said people are like, oh, wow, you're so big or, oh, wow, you're so small or or, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it's really not hard to be like, you're beautiful.
0: Yeah. You you look look amazing. Like you're You're glowing.
1: Yeah. Glowing.
0: Yeah. Look at you.
1: Beautiful. Like (laughs) practice. You're glowing. You look Beautiful. It's not that hard. Why do people find that creating so life in your body? Like that's, right. that's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And and I mean, let's be honest, a lot of us don't feel particularly glowing in pregnancy. But oh, yeah. you know, we just need that reinforcement from other people. We do not need the reinforcement of, you know, you look massive. Like, no thanks. Let's talk yeah. about what you've been craving. This was a funny conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So
0: I'm I'm weird. I was saying to Nikki, I both pregnancy. Like, I mean, this one, I had tomatoes for a little bit, um, that I really liked. Uh, but generally I don't crave anything. I more have like a inability to make any decision around food. So it's (laughs) like, put it in front of me, I'll eat it and I'll probably love it. But other than that, like I, I can't make a decision.
1: That's so funny because I was sharing how, and we, I was also asking you, like, did you feel like you were hungry, you're in pregnancy or in breastfeeding? And you were like, hands down, and you wanted all the candy breastfeeding, yeah. like couldn't stop shoving it in your mouth. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is a common thing. I was actually the opposite. And I have stories of like going, we were at a hotel. I went away with my mom for one night. This is my first pregnancy. And we went for dinner. Um, we were up north and I go for dinner and it was like the salmon and the potatoes and I literally ordered a side of extra potatoes because I knew that I was going to wake up at two in the morning and need potatoes. So I did. I, I remember this vividly. We had a little mini bar fridge. Sure enough, I wake up and uh, crush those potatoes at two in the morning, like could not get enough carbohydrates in my body. Also, also, Failed my gestational diabetes test. Oh yes, yeah, that time. is that's just the, my favorite yeah. thing about Nikki. Like fun. because, and I'm like the green <laughs> smoothie, chia pudding, kale, whatever girl. And I was buying because I live really close to Costco, which is a blessing and a curse. And I would go buy those cases of the the bougie sand. It's basically soda pop, but it's from San Pellegrino. It's from Italy, so it felt okay. Oh, yes, yes. And it was the San Pellegrino, like aranciata, orangata, like it's- Or like lemonade. Sugar. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. Delicious. That's all I wanted. And I would crush, like in a week, I'd crush a case. And I remember telling, and I haven't touched it since pregnancy, but I remember asking my doctor, I'm like, is this a problem? And he just like looked at me and he just like laughed and he was like, at least least it's not a Big Mac. (laughs) And that was it. Sure enough, don't I fail my gestational diabetes test? Like you know, two months later. True story. What happens when you fail your gestational diabetes test? I actually don't know. So funny that you mentioned this. So I failed it because I ate a banana right before. So they told me, yeah, they, well, they told me they're like, basically you have to drink this horrible orange liquid. And I've now since educated myself, you don't, there are alternatives to this, you know, glucose tolerance test. If anyone wants to talk about it, happy just to discuss the stuff they make you drink is, is a ridiculous amount of glucose and it. Like, especially if you're not someone who eats a lot of sugar, like, you know, I was like nauseous, sweating, got the shakes. Like my body was like, what just freaking happened? Yeah. But I wasn't told that I had to fast beforehand. And the test was at like 1 p.m. And I was teaching Pilates all morning. Like, yeah, I was kind of hungry, <laughs> pregnant. So I was like, gr- and what I typically do is I have fruits in the car, nuts, whatever. And I remember just being like, I had been teaching and I was like, I'm just going to grab a snack because I wasn't, I wasn't told to test. I ate an entire banana. And then go and drink this glucose drink. Oh, my God. And I fail it. Go figure. And I just failed it. Like, I failed it just a tiny bit, like, not by light, Laura. And, you know, people who don't know, you're around 25 weeks pregnant. You're sitting, and it was at Sunnybrook Hospital here in Toronto, and you're sitting in there, and you're, like, being watched like a hawk. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to sit and drink this thing, and you can't walk around. You can't drink water. You've just got to be – it's like you're in jail. You're in, like, sugar jail. And I was – they didn't even want me to go to the bathroom. And I remember like being like, I'm sorry, I really have to go to the bathroom to sneak like a sip of water because I was freaking dying and I didn't want the nurse to yell at me. That actually happened. But yeah, and then I, I they, I got the results from my OB. She's like, bad news. You failed. And of course you hear the word failed and you're just like, shame, shame, like the shame. You're just like, what do you mean? I failed. And I laughed. I'm like, do you know what I eat every day? Do you know what I do for a living? I'm the healthiest patients you have. You know, I was like getting so defensive. And she's just like kind of like kind of chuckled. She's like, Well, you didn't feel it by a lot. I'm like, I had a banana right before. You didn't tell me I should have had a hard-boiled egg. You know, like I'm just like going on. I know about glycemic load. And she's like, Well. You know, you, you can just do it again, and I was like, "No, I'm not doing it again. That was terrible. I wanted to die. It was horrible." What do you mean I have to do it again? She's like, "Yeah, and you have to take like like one and a half times the amount." No. Yeah, you don't just do it again. You have to do it plus plus. I think the first one's 50 grams of glucose. Oh, I might disgusting. be wrong here. Don't quote me on this. And the second one's like 75 grams. And I was like, "Doc, I'm sorry, I can't." She just looked at me. She's like, "Okay." And I'm like, that's it? She's like, well, you know, we really should. And I'm like, well, give me some alternatives. I'll do anything. Take all the blood you want. I'm not drinking that again. And so she let me do a a fasting blood glucose test. So I had to fast, go to a lab in the morning, get like basically resting glucose levels, go eat a big breakfast, and then come back. And and sure enough, I did not have gestational diabetes. I was fine. So there's a huge false positive rate with these glucose tests. and the also, the other kind of moral of the story here is that, like sometimes it's just your hormones, and you cannot blame yourself. There should be no shame around this. Mm-hmm. And also, don't have a banana right before your test.
0: i I really wish it was one of those uh, San Pellegrino's lemonadas that you had before, but <laughs> <laughs> that would make it even better. But bananas, yeah. you know, fair. But, yeah, I actually didn't do. i I did the test with Piper being my first. I didn't do it with Clark because my midwife was like, "The chances of you having this are so, so low if you yeah. you could, I'll give you the choice. And I was like, if I have the choice, like there's no chance I'm putting that like <laughs> green. I mean, orange, like dye." Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause I felt the same as you. Absolutely awful. Like the crash yeah. of that stuff was so hard. Um, but with the twins, maybe I'll ask for
1: this test instead because yeah. I do have to do it because all the things are higher risk. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. You can totally. And there's also a different drink um, that you can order that's an alternative to it's called Glucola, it's the stuff you get at the hospital that's got all the terrible junk in it. But like there are other tests that you can actually order. Um, let, I forget, I wish I had the, it right in front of me, but basically it doesn't have the dye. It's basically just the straight up sugar. So yeah, definitely some research to be done. Um, and also knowing that like you had a terrible experience the first time, like what are some alternatives? They're not going to mm-hmm. offer you the alternatives unless you ask. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. The, I've seen people post the clear one and I was like, Hey, mine did not look like that. Mine <laughs> like, you know, like an orange, orange pop. Basically, like the stuff from McDonald's. That was true from McDonald's.
1: But yeah, it's exactly. But like plus plus, like the concentrated version of it, a hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. No, you can I also fun fact, declined it with my second as well. (laughs) Oh, you did? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was like, no, thanks. I mean, and, and it's not to say that it's not important, especially if you have risk factors. It's definitely very important to make sure that you don't have it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have risk factors or whatever, but you know, just understanding that it's not like orange drink or bust, like you have options.
0: Which I think is really important. And good for you. They're advocating for yourself as always and being like, I am not touching that again. <laughs>
1: Give me another option. I just remember so funny, like talking to the my OB's receptionist, and I was like, What do you mean I failed? And she's just like, just like literally like okay. chewing gum, being like, Well you know, you just, you failed. So, you know, you just have to do the test again. And I was like, "Mm, okay, what are my other options? And she's just like, and she kind of smiles at me because I was always trying to be nice to her. I'd like bring her Starbucks and stuff to like squeeze me in and whatever. Side note. Um, She's like, well, you know, you might have to go to a a nutrition class. And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry. What? She's like a nutrition class. I'm like, where I, I have to learn how to not eat junk. She's like, basically. And I was like, okay. I, was just like, <laughs> I just website, like, I use my website recipes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. You know, and i this is, and again, anyone listening to this, who's gone through gestational diabetes, it's not necessarily about what you eat, right? Like yeah. you can get it. It's like that Twinkie or those donuts did not give you gestational diabetes. <laughs> it's, M- largely mediated by your hormones. You can be the healthiest, fittest athletic person in the world and still get gestational diabetes. Yeah. The thing that was really wild for me was that like the, the notion that I would have to go and do like a hospital mandated nutrition class to yeah. manage nutrition, you know, to basically get me to stop eating sugar. And it was just, you know, anyways, I did cut back on my lemonadas a little bit, a little bit.
0: Oh, I haven't gotten into those, but now I'm, I may need to, after, after my glucose test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you just posted might be a whole other, might be a whole other episode. Like,
0: I know, <laughs> well, we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of, um, interesting content as I navigate the pregnancy of twins. I was telling mm-hmm. Nikki, our twins are die, die twins. So they fortunately are, are lower risk. They have their own placenta, own sac, um, very likely almost, sh- almost surely um, fraternal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy. Cause it's like siblings born. Yeah. At the same time. It's like Piper and Clark. Well, we'll see if it's a boy and a girl, but born at the same time. So um, mm-hmm. yeah. So lots of, I'm educating myself. I absolutely never ever saw this like <laughs> as a potential in my future. So I was zero educated on twins. Fortunately, one of my best friends just had twins almost a year ago and I literally was like, immediately, I need you. And then yeah. going down Google rabbit holes of just trying to understand even how you conceive twins, because I was like, I didn't, I thought it's just hereditary and pretty mm. much that's it. But also, I mean, you always find out after you, something happens. So everyone's now telling me about their friend who also went for the second or went for the third and then had twins. Mm-hmm. Um because you hear all those stories after the fact, um, but also I was gonna say, oh my gosh, my pregnancy brain!
1: <laughs> I was just looking at your face, like your eyes are like you're like I'm looking, searching for that thought, and I don't I'm know like where what
0: was it?
1: It was about it being
0: hereditary. Oh yes, it's more likely. So your your chances do go up of naturally conceiving twins, even if it's not hereditary, after the age of thirty five. Yep. So oh, I did not know that.
1: And, and you're like, how old now for the world to know?
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. And I'm 33. So I don't understand how that. <laughs> I'm 36 and I'll actually have delivered the twins before I turn 37. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Is that because yeah, you're this a geriatric name. pregnancy? And by the way, can we ditch that term forever? I know.
1: I know. Apparently they've started to, to start to ditch it. I, so I had, my, I'm older. I had my kids at 36 and 38. So I, both of my lovely pregnancies were deemed geriatric and yeah, like I just remember nobody, like it was more that I had heard the term on social media. Like my doctor never referred to me as a geriatric pregnancy. In fact, probably because I went to, you know, downtown Toronto hospital, like mostly people are having kids in their mid thirties. Like it wasn't a big deal. And I remember like bringing it up and she just kind of like scoffed and rolled her eyes. She's like, Oh, you're not geriatric. And like, next. Like she didn't even like want to waste time on that notion. So that was kind of nice, but I do think it varies depending on where you live. Like if you're living in a place where everyone has kids at 25, and if you have kids at 36, people are going to be like, whoa, you know? Right. So it depends on what that OB is used to or that midwife is used to in their practice. But I, even looking around the waiting room, I was like, I am not the the oldest person in here. <laughs> right. Yeah. What, and so
0: what age do they say? Is it 35 or 36? What is it? It's
1: Well, technically it's considered an advanced age pregnancy if you're over 35, but we know that if you're over 40 is really when more of the risks are like the risks are pretty minimal, um, up until forty, and then in there there is data to, to suggest that once you are over forty, then there do present you know some more risks with certain things. Right. Um, but I think it's also depends on if you're having your first kid. So if you're having your first birth at forty versus your fourth birth at forty, that's going to also be different.
0: Right. Right. That makes sense. Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't even heard the term geriatric throughout my pregnancy, so that's nice. <laughs>
1: you're the young spring chicken.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, lots of new, I mean, great content. I'm sure that'll be uh, wound into these podcasts to come updates Mm -hmm. on, uh, how the twins are, uh, growing and I'm growing and yeah, Yeah, lots of exciting changes to, to come.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to talk about your hernia because you have one and now you've got twins in there. So there's lots to talk about as relates to that. I feel like we should do a whole hernia series. So stay tuned for Lexi's hernia updates.
0: Hernia updates. Oh, and oh, oh, and this. Um, we have to talk about this quickly, Nikki is, so I, I found out I was having twins on the Friday and I found it in the ultrasound, like by myself and Adam had dropped me off. So then I told him when I got in the car, all of it incredibly, you know what? I looked at my Apple watch that I was wearing afterwards and my heart rate, oh my I, I need to screenshot it actually. Cause it has never, <laughs> <when> <laughs> it was skyrocketing through the, through the roof. When the ultrasound tech told me, I was like, excuse me. I'm um, sorry, what? I think I just walked out. I, I believe I you told me I'm having twins, but I you must be, you must be mistaken. Anyways, on the Friday we found out, thankfully it was a Friday, because you know, I could not possibly have functioned after that ultrasound. Um, and then on the Sunday I got diagnosed with Nikki, with Nikki, literally, with COVID. We found mm-hmm. out both that we had COVID. Meanwhile, we hadn't seen each other in months. Um, the same time. So that was rough. And then this is what I want to talk about is just recently, like two weeks ago, I caught this stomach bug and was incredibly sick, you know, puking my brains out. Sorry. And Nikki writes me. And of course, only Nikki would be like, Oh God, were you peeing your pants like crazy while you're puking? And I was like, thank
1: you. (laughs) I see you girl. I see you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I was safe space. Went through multiple pairs of leggings. Finally, like the last one, I just got out of the tub, so I just had a towel, and uh, I yeah, Adam was there, and I was like, he just thinks it's water coming off my body. I'm sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh girl, it's so people.
1: Yeah, but it it, is I was wondering, it, but
0: it doesn't. So it's not because I was like, oh no, my whole incontinence thing is back full fledged already. and I have had more often like the sneezing. I'm entered into the bell method. I'm like in the bump series, all of the things to help prevent this. Um but it's not just people with incontinence. like it's just hard to not pee when you puke when you're pregnant.
1: Is that right? yeah, like it's it's happened to me too. Yeah. Like I also got a stomach bug and I was lucky I didn't have wicked um, morning sickness, but it was like, yeah, some sort of bad, whatever. I don't know what I ate, but yeah. And I remember being like, this was second pregnancy. It didn't happen in the first, but yeah, it's very, very common. So basically what people need to know is vomiting represents a big blast of of intra-abdominal pressure on your pelvic floor. It fucking sucks. I know this is an explicit podcast, so we can swear when it comes to peeing our pants and vomiting. You're you're really? worshiping the port, the porcelain bowl, and you're peeing yourself at the same time. Like you just feel like you're you're like it's terrible. Like it's just you're you're at like the bottom, you know? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. But I just want people to know that like just because you pee your pants when you barf doesn't mean you're going to be forever incontinent. Okay, so like just know that like we're going to normalize it definitely see a public floor physiotherapist in pregnancy. You know, yes. there's not much you can do about puking, right? No. So you're nothing. just like, I no. wish there was something you could do. My friend yeah. was also, who's also pregnant,
0: she also had the stomach bug, unfortunately, really badly. And so when I saw her and having chatted with you, Nikki, about how it's common, <laughs> I of course was like, oh God, so were you peeing your pants too while you're puking? And she What'd said, she say?
1: No, she did No. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. Well, was it her first kid? No, it's her third. And I was oh, like, wow. Good so, for her. That's what I
0: said. I said, well, good for you because actually it is very common.
1: <laughs> it is very, very, very common. It also depends on how violent of a puker you are. Maybe she's a gentle puker. Yeah. Maybe she isn't the worst I've ever. Violent. Like it was,
0: yeah. Furious. Yeah. Like something is not right. So yeah, no. that's true. She And you know what? She, she looks like she'd be a gentle puker. <laughs> she's very, no, we're talking
1: very like sweet. bile on the back of the toilet bowl. Like, oh projectile. yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's yeah. It's yeah. It's involuntary. Right. Like that, like yeah. Yeah, that reflex. It's buried. it made me
0: feel really sorry for, cause fortunately I haven't, I get super nauseous when I'm pregnant, but that's the extent I don't actually usually puke. This was a stomach bug and it made me feel for so many women who literally really? spend their first trimester like
1: hands around the toilet bowl, um, and would be like probably peeing their pants regularly. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, having gone through it with having bronchitis in my third trimester also that, you know, not so great. What can you do about it? Obviously see a pelvic floor PT. I'm a big fan of inversions. So like once you're done puking and you feel well enough, You can lie on your back and lift your butt up and do some bridges. Anything where you get your pelvis higher than the rest of your body, then that'll help. It's a gravity-assisted position to work on your pelvic floor. So that can certainly help. Also, we're looking at releasing tension because we know we've had episodes on this with tension in the pelvic floor being a factor for incontinence, so even though it's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that you can do, but just, you know, I hope that it doesn't happen to you again, girl. And if it does, you know I'll be there for you. I know, I know, I so appreciate it, and know everyone else out there that you too are,
0: you know, you have other other women just right right beside you in the corner, um, puking, yeah. peeing their pants also. So I just want to know alone. if Adam
1: really like knew that it was like he probably wanted to I, just I, let you think I, it was water. He knew it wasn't water.
0: Yeah, no, no I'm not I, water. I, I told him afterwards. I, was like, <laughs> I think he's wondering why I'm in like my. Fourth pair of leggings, and then and then the whole bath thing after the fact. That was like the real topper. So I was like, I can't. I'm not soaking wet. (laughs) There's
1: a puddle underneath me. That's that's called love and marriage, right? It is. It
0: really is. You know. There we go. Commitment, right there. It's just. Yeah. Anyways, but I just wanted to share that because I thought it was, uh, it was new learning for me. Again, I thought it was going right back to square one and I'm happy that I'm not necessarily, I'm going to stay on top big time of my pelvic floor stuff. When should I see, um, pelvic floor physio? What week should I start going to them for like prep Mm -hmm. pre labor?
1: So generally I'm gonna talk from Singleton. So if you're pregnant with a single baby and and you're gonna get a different answer depending on which public floor PT you ask, it also depends on how many times you can go. So some people, maybe they don't live close, maybe they don't have coverage. And, you know, they only want to go one time. If you're only going to go one time, I would suggest going, like, in the the 30 weeks. So probably around 34, 35 weeks pregnant. If you can go twice, I'd recommend going sort of towards the end of your second trimester, maybe, like, 24, 25 weeks, and then go again at around 36, 37 weeks. Um, Because the reason for that is that, you know, you want to go – when you have a bit of a bump to work with, but, you know, it's not so early. it's You still have time to, like, change potentially bad habits. Right. Right? And then you want to go really close to birth to help you kind of, like, mentally prepare for letting the pelvic floor go and, you know, getting rid of any tension that may have developed throughout your pregnancy, that kind of thing. Um but with twins, you might want to just shift that up a little bit. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> like I think you could go tomorrow if you wanted to. I mean, we definitely have a bum to work with. Let's just yes. <laughs> let's just say that. And,
0: and I actually find it helpful because I want to know like what's changed since my last, and then what do I need to work on between now and and having the babies. Because I, they always give you great breathing techniques, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, blooming the flower out of your vagina, for example, which is what mm-hmm. I needed to focus on.
1: <laughs> yes, because you, you, we know that your leaking is more from tension. So yeah. with with twins, it just means that you've got more pressure to cope with, right? Like you're going to have, you know, two babies in there that are likely going to combined way more than both Piper and Clark, right? right. Um, and so you also are coming into this with some. Existing vulnerability in your tissue. We know this from a hernia that you've had even before kids. Yeah. So I'm telling everyone your life story here. Yeah. But basically, no. you're like, I am an open book. Yeah. Um, I'd say a big one's going to be, you know, just being really mindful of, you know, are you noticing coning in your midline of your six pack muscle? You know, are you feeling any discomfort? Are you noticing that like discomfort in and around your belly button where that has been? So if you, ha- if you are, which
0: I, which I already have, it's already, okay. the hernia is already like, depends on if mm-hmm. I drink non-alcoholic, so like barley beer, like non-alcoholic beers, I found some like really tasty ones that I'll have like on a Friday night and get real crazy. <laughs> it immediately impacts my hernia. It's
1: very odd. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, why? I mean, like, there's a whole and I leather- eat, drink carbonated drinks
0: all the time, but yeah. anyways, this can be in our hernia conversation for sure. We're going to have a hernia
1: episode but for sure. But with the
0: pressure that you mentioned, all I can think about is how extreme my lightning crotch is probably going to be as I am in the third trimester of my yeah. pregnancy. <laughs>
1: Lightning crotch. Speaking of which, I we have a whole we do a whole episode on that because oh yeah, we know we it. know that like if you're anticipating it to hurt, it's going to hurt. It's like pain is an output, not an input. So I know this sounds a little crazy, but like I don't want you to like walk around and be like, "That's going to hurt." I'm going to get ready for that hurt, oh, and then you brace you're yourself. like tensing. Correct. Okay,
0: yeah. we're we're coming up with all new content. We need <laughs> crotch. We need hernia. Like just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning crotch that we do need to talk about because so many people going into their first pregnancy have no idea about it. No one's talked to them about it. And the number of friends I've had reach out and be like, holy, something's Mm -hmm. wrong. Like I just stood up and I got a zinger like I've never (laughs) experienced. I was like basically like lightning in your vagina. And she's like, yep, that sounds exactly accurate. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) like crotch. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's very, it's misunderstood. And so, yeah, we'll do, I've got anyone like who's listening to this, who's like, I need to learn about lightning crotch. Check out my pelvic pain highlight on Instagram. There's lots of content there, um, videos with doctors and PhDs, whatever, because there's a lot of misinformation out there about SPD and a lot of fear. And we don't want you to have fear because fear equals tension, which equals more pain. So helpful right there. So many tips in this episode. There you go.
0: Well, this has been lovely. I'm so, I love that I'm able to share
1: this news. I know. I'm so excited. I'm already like, Hey, do you want my old car seat? Hey, do you want that? <laughs> and you're I'm just like, all um, the things, all, the all the things
0: everyone's like, Oh, well, you know, if you ever need a babysitter, yes. Like, if you <laughs> for, like what kid do you want? Name it. Do you want very little? Do you want medium?
1: Do you want? <laughs> yeah. Like thinking of all the things you're going to have to now buy another one. Like you have all stuff, but now you need two of everything. Like oh, yeah. Our, our last Friday night was
0: wild. We made spreadsheets, spreadsheets, <laughs> all the things, borrow what we need to get. I like literally all the things I just had someone come about home organizing because I just need some help with like the kids toy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. it just, I need, I need all, all the help I can get right now. Just preparing. Well,
1: I, I know you're going to get it. I know you're going to get it and I am here for, for wherever it is that I can lend my, I'm don't definitely not going to help you with the organizing, um, but I'm glad you have someone for that. That's just not going to be me. <laughs> my
0: key thing in all things, business and life, is like outsource the things you're not good at and exactly. that is something I
1: am outsourcing. Yeah. Amen to that.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, amazing. Well, this has been fun. Hope everyone's enjoyed our, you know. Mm-hmm going everywhere episode we go there and everywhere apparently and uh, stay tuned for updates to come it's gonna be good <laughs> bye bye
1: thanks for listening stay tuned for our next episode and in the meantime follow us on instagram at we go there podcast and check out we go there for more info